0: The stories we tell communicate who we are and what we value. Each episode, we consider a different story from our perspective as women. From murder ballads to fairy tales, we discuss the power these stories have over us all. This is our history, both real and imagined, told through the eyes of today. This is Fenlore. Welcome to Femlore. Welcome, welcome. So glad you're here. Take a little seat, right, right next to Mindy and I.
1: Our right virtual here. seat. Yep. We're virtual glad to seat. have you. <laughs>
0: we're gonna, we're gonna regale you with some stories today. Well, just one. Uh, let's not prom. Let's not overpromise. That's not good. But it's
1: a great story, and we have a very special guest. We do.
0: Um, so I'm gonna get into the story, but before I do, as you know, every week we talk about a nonprofit. So this week, the guest has chosen um, Feeding America. Um, And Feeding America is the nation's largest domestic hunger relief organization. It has meal programs, uh, food banks, and pantries that serve virtually every community in the United States, 40 million people, including 12 million children and 7 million seniors. Wow. So super cool organization. We will be making a donation. We hope you do too. Their website is feedingamerica.org. So check them out and make a donation.
1: Yeah. Join us in Mm -hmm. donating. So
0: our guest this week, Mindy. Is somebody that I've known for a long time. Have you? Yeah, my whole life, in fact. Oh wow. Yeah, it's my mom. What? Yeah. <laughs> so she's going to join us uh, to discuss this story, this week's story, which is Hansel and Gretel. Awesome. So we're going to have a little little mom time, and yeah, uh, yeah you guys can hear.
1: Uh, where I came from. So (laughs) super excited. Well, and you know, knowing that it's Hansel and Gretel, it makes sense that we're doing Feeding America, great choice by your mom. And we should probably say that this is kind of a two part special Mm -hmm. to celebrate Mother's Day to celebrate moms and um, also to celebrate the journey to to motherhood to not enter motherhood, whatever women want. Um, But we wanted to be able to spend um, some time with women who raised us and inspire us. Yes, exactly. Mm. Exactly. But yeah, I'm super excited to get into it. Are you ready to tell the story? I think a lot of people probably know it, but maybe don't know this exact version or um, maybe have some questions. So I know I was really excited when I was reading over it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Hansel and Gretel. Great. Here we go. There once lived a poor woodcutter who lived with his new wife and two children from a previous marriage. Times were especially hard as another blight had hit their crops. The woodcutter found himself worrying in his bed late at night. What will become of us? What will become of us, he lamented. His wife had an idea. Early tomorrow morning, we will take the children to the deepest part of the woods, make a fire for them, give them some bread, and leave them to do our work. They will not be able to find their way back, and we will finally be rid of them. The woodcutter was stunned, but they are just children, we cannot do that. The wife kept pushing her husband until finally he agreed. Little did he know that the children heard their stepmother and father talking. Gretel began to cry, but Hansel hushed her. Don't worry, I know what to do, he said. And with that, he picked up his jacket and went outside. There, surrounding the little house, were small pebbles. He put as many stones as he could fit into his jacket and came back into the house. He said to Gretel, do not worry, for God will not forsake us. Before daybreak, their stepmother came in. "'Get up, you lazy bones! she yelled. "'Here, take a piece of bread and do not eat it before midday!' Gretel took Hansel's bread, as his pockets were filled with stones. Together they made their way into the woods. Hansel constantly turned back to the house when his father questioned why he did this. Hansel said, "'I'm looking for my cat, father,' but actually Hansel was dropping stones from his pocket. Deep into the woods they went, and as the stepmother had planned, they left the children there, promising to be back.' The children were relaxed as they rested, for they could hear their father's axe swinging in the distance. It was near nightfall when the children followed the noise, only to see that what they thought was their father was actually a branch tied to a rope swinging in the wind. Gretel began to cry, and Hansel told her everything would be okay. They waited for the moon to rise, and they could see the pebbles illuminated on the ground, and so they followed the pebbles until they were home again. Their stepmother opened the door and yelled, We thought you had run off. Their father was so happy they were home. But lean times soon came again, and again their stepmother pressured their father to lead them even deeper into the woods. The children heard this as well and began to worry. Hansel tried to get up in the middle of the night, but their stepmother had locked their door. And so, as Gretel cried, Hansel said, It's okay, Gretel. God will not forsake us. They were each given bread before being led even deeper into the wood. Hansel turned back several times, and when his father asked why he kept looking back at the house, he said, I just wanted to say goodbye to my pigeon father. But actually, he was dropping pieces of bread on the ground. Again, the couple made a fire for their children and left them there to fall asleep. They awoke before the moon had risen, and Hansel said to Gretel, "'Wait for the moon to rise, and we can follow the bread crumbs I scattered.' But when the moon had risen, they could not find the crumbs, as all of the birds had eaten all of them. Hansel kept his faith and told his sister not to worry. They would find their way soon. But they walked all night and all day and could not find their way out of the woods. Instead, they got more and more lost.' They were certain they were going to perish, but as they were giving up, they heard the most beautiful song from a white bird. Their eyes followed the bird as it went to a perch on a house. As they made their way closer, they saw the entire house was made of bread and the roof was made of cake. The windows were made of pure sugar. The children ran over and began to eat the house. They were ravenous as they had no food for days on end. As they were eating, the door opened and there in the doorway stood an old woman with little red eyes. "'Oh, dearies, you must be hungry. Do come in, for I will fix you something to eat.' And she fixed them pancakes with butter, and they went to take a nap in the woman's guest bed. But Hansel and Gretel did not know that this was not any old woman, but a witch. This witch, whose eyesight was poor, but had a sense of smell like an animal's, knew the children were coming, and had been ready to receive them. She had planned to eat them this whole time.' It was not before dawn that she woke the children up and demanded that Gretel work for her as she locked Hansel in a cage. You, she yelled, I will fatten you up so I can eat you. And so over the next four weeks, Gretel was forced to watch as her brother was force-fed until he was sick. But witches cannot see far, and instead of sticking out his own finger, Hansel would stick out a bone. The witch was perplexed as to why Hansel never fattened up. Soon the witch grew impatient and turning to Gretel said, First, we are going to bake. I have to make a fire in the oven and knead the dough. She shoved Gretel outside to the oven, and standing in front of it, the witch said, Get in so I can see if it's hot enough for the bread. But Gretel knew what the witch was planning. Clearly, she wanted to lock Gretel in the stove and cook her. So instead, Gretel said, I do not know how to get inside the oven. How do I do that? Stupid goose, the opening is big enough for even me. And the witch stuck her face in the oven. Gretel, seeing her chance, kicked the witch into the oven and locked the door. The witch screamed and screamed and screamed, and then screamed no more. Gretel hurried to the house and freed Hansel. They hugged, so happy to be free. In the witch's house they had found all kinds of precious stones, and Gretel filled her apron and Hansel filled his pockets. These are better than pebbles, said Hansel, and he was right, for they were rich many times over. Both knew that being in the witch's woods was dangerous, and they needed to leave, so they set out in hopes of finding home. Soon they came to a large lake, and Hansel said, the lake is too big for us to cross. That is okay, we will ask a duck to take us across. And Gretel called, duckling, duckling, here stand Gretel and Hansel, neither a walkway nor a bridge, take us on your white back. Hansel wanted Gretel to sit next to him, but she refused. We should go across one at a time so the duck does not drown. And that is what they did. The woods began to look familiar, and they were finally back home. They ran to their father, who had not been happy since they had left. He told them that their stepmother had died, and with that, Gretel shook her apron and all the beautiful stones fell out. Hansel added the ones from his pockets. Now all their cares were at an end, and they lived happily together. Oh, man, men. What a story. And I know. What a story. So many people have heard this story. It's a story near and dear to many childhoods. Um, but speaking of childhood and parenthood, eh, I don't know. That connection's loose. But <laughs> my mom is joining us for our episode today. Um, Paula Howie. Mom, do you want to introduce yourself to our
2: listeners? Uh, yes, Rachel, I'd love to. Hi, I'm, I'm Paula. And as Rachel said, I'm her mom. And I have two other children, Chris and Lauren. And Lauren is Rachel's twin. I think she's talked about that on on this film uh, more before. And um, I am an art therapist. Um, I have been an art therapist since 1975. And I uh, work uh, with people who have trauma. And I think that we can relate a little bit of trauma to this story. today. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that I can use some of my art therapy expertise to think about, you know, what what this story says and it's a it's kind of a gruesome story i remember uh i was mostly afraid of it as a kid and your dad has told me rachel that he had the book and he would put it in his closet and he wouldn't go near the closet because (laughs) it had hansel and gretel in it so um i wasn't that bad but it it was a very frightening story for a little kid so i think it's going to be fun to sort of think about it and and to you know think about mothers and children and things like that
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited you're here. And, uh, you know, we're partially doing this obviously because of um, Mother's Day, but I highly respect my mom. She's amazing. She, well, you know, she's been working since, since her whole life and um, definitely taking a different path uh, her whole life. So I'm very excited to have her here. So awesome. I think before we get into the story, I just want to give a little bit of history around the story and kind of what, you know, what we found in our research here. Um, the first recorded uh, version of this was in 1810 um, from a Grimm's manuscript. Obviously, this is Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm. Um, the original stepmother character, this is very interesting, was the mother character originally. And that was changed in 1840 um, be, we, with a lot of other stories, right? The stepmother trope kind of started to, to become something because Jacob and Wilhelm were nervous about making motherhood look bad. So um, that changed. Um, and then you know, there's a lot of research out there about this actually happening, like during the Great Famine from 1314 uh, to 1322, um, and a lot of children were abandoned in that time. So it's just an interesting uh, thing that I found um, based on some of our references. So, and we'll put our references in the in the story notes so you guys can take a look. But uh, yeah, just wanted to let you know this is from 1810, um, and yeah. This should be interesting. So, just to kick off our discussion, I think um, one thing that we can certainly talk about um, is Hansel versus Gretel. Um,
2: any any thoughts there, Mom? Uh, you mean uh, Hansel versus Gretel? I was thinking more. Um, I was thinking about the the brother and the the sister and how they um, they could have almost been twins. They weren't. I think Gretel was supposed to be younger than Hansel, mm-hmm. but. Um, and maybe it mirrored sort of Grimms, the Grimms because they were brothers and one was like a year younger than the other one. but um, uh, that Gretel and both of them were resourceful in their ways and they had a lot of uh, you know they had a lot of good information that or things that they did to help help each other. But it was really I think one one thing I read about was that it was really their love that kind mm-hmm. of, flows throughout this well there are a couple of themes hunger is one of them Uh, and and love is the other one and so I think that you know it it was their love that kind of sustained them because it wasn't the parents Mm -hmm. (laughs) clearly who Mm -hmm. who helped them to uh to see them through these bad times so I I wasn't thinking of verse verse tell me what you were thinking about Rachel when you when you ask that question I think it's
0: more like not versus but maybe like how the difference is so you see um, Hansel taking the lead immediately um, solving the problem you know Gretel is crying and she she can't really bring herself to really address the situation she's just you know kind of she doesn't have any autonomy she's not able to make decisions she's kind of overwhelmed with emotion and not really a good partner in that case um, but she's the one that ends up saving the day and yeah. continues to save the day at the very end. So I think when you're looking at gender roles, I think this story kind of Hansel versus Gretel or the mother, the stepmother versus the father um, you know, it's very interesting to see the kind of differences between them.
1: Well, and that is really interesting too, because then I think in the reverse of gender roles with the father and stepmother, it's like the stepmother is the one saying, do this. And the father is just kind of following. Where in the story, we see Hansel Mm -hmm. saying, don't worry, we're going to do this. And Gretel kind of follows. Is that kind of where you were going with that?
0: Yeah, exactly. And and also like, you know, the father is not the head of the family, clearly. Um, And that is something that, we're not supposed to like about him, right? Right. You know, he doesn't take. Although charge. we're also
1: supposed to just like forgive him, right? I know. like the way mm-hmm. that it ends, we're supposed to be like, "Oh, well, he felt bad, anyways, and now at least the bad parent is dead, so the quote unquote good parent is still here and can embrace and welcome back his children." But I
0: mean, yeah, I mean, is he good? He he just doesn't
1: protect them. Well, and he's like, "Oh, and she's dead now, so we can be together."
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's that's that's kind of very upsetting, but very you know, normal for fairy tales. We always (laughs) forgive the father. Yeah, Uh, We still forgive the father, don't we? Nowadays too. So it's not, not out of the, out of the uh, realm of possibility there. But I think one thing too, that I was reading, and I know mom, you did some research for this as well, Mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. This idea that the stepmother and the witch are the same person. Now that's not backed up by anything, Oh, but like she's dead when they come back. Did you notice that? Mm -hmm. Like, And she uses in the original story, she uses lazy bones and so does the witch get up, you lazy bones, get up, you lazy bones. Mm -hmm. So this, this idea of the witch being the stepmother and I'd love to get your thoughts. Yeah. It's your mind blown, your mind blown
1: emoji. Yes. Yeah.
2: So I don't know if mom, if you have any thoughts on that. Well, I, I think uh, there were a couple of people who made those points um, and that they are very similar in that they're very threatening to the kids. um, And, and, you know, the the mother, wants the stepmother, mother, stepmother. Um, There is a a person named Marie-Louise von Franz who did a lot, who worked with Carl Jung and did a lot of uh, storytelling and a lot of uh, thinking about fairy tales. And she talks about how each of these parts in a fairy tale are parts of your inner psyche and that sort of they're parts of, all of a child's development when they're coming you know when, when we are born and when we have a good mother or a good enough mother as Winnicott said that we you know we develop through certain through certain ways of looking at the world and, and one of the ways she talked about was that there was always well Mel- Melanie Klein said this too there was always a good mother and a bad mother mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, uh, that these were things that were in the child's mind when they're very young maybe maybe you know months old um, four months old six months old and that somehow the the baby can't bring those two together so the baby sees them as separate Mm -hmm. and so the the good mother and the bad mother are always at play in these stories I think it happens in almost every fairy tale you have this good aspect of mother and bad aspect of mother and and it's always trying to find a way of working itself out. This, this luckily, is a story that it works out um, for, for the kids. Some of Grimm's fairy tales were not, but this one, mm-hmm. this one was. And and I think that also Gretel is the only one is the only female who survives in the end, mm, um, partially because maybe she was able to bring together these two aspects: the bad aspect and the good aspect. And and, and use them and and grow and be reborn at the end of the story It it's a, wow. it's a very uh, redemptive story at the end yeah um, and, and and like I say and not all Grimm's tales are no yeah.
0: but she also yeah. she she kind of comes into her own right she sees an opportunity and she takes mm-hmm. it right she takes mm-hmm. she takes that opportunity and she frees herself and she saves her brother yeah. he doesn't do that mm-hmm. for her so I think I don't know what this story is trying to tell us because at one point it says, well, if you have a bad, like, you know, if you're in a bad marriage and your wife is your wife at the time is telling you, uh, you should give up your children, then that's bad. Um, so women, I don't know how I'm maybe drawing a loose line here. So just bear with me, (laughs) but you know, like how women, um, like the stepmother is very headstrong, right? She's going to get what she Mm -hmm. wants and she's going to push the father to do what she wants. Mm Um, and Gretel has that same she has that same thing where she's gonna like ma- like have Hansel work with her to get the, or like just tell him what to do basically she's like get on the deck like don't don't ask questions just go right. Um, and I, I think like the story is is telling us to s- live somewhere in the middle right between or yeah. maybe more towards Gretel than, than the stepmother. Mm-hmm. but Gretel couldn't have done that if she didn't have some sort of head headstrongness right um, mm-hmm. in her personality. Um, And so I wonder what this story is trying to tell us. I think it's telling us don't, obviously don't uh, leave your children in the middle of the woods to starve, point one.
1: (laughs) Point one, for sure. (laughs) Point one,
0: but.
2: Yeah, basic, basic, and don't eat them. Or maybe you should. You think you get a bunch of
0: gold,
1: right? If you leave them in the middle of the woods, you come back Mm -hmm. with all this this stuff, Mm -hmm. I mean. Well, and I still, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the whole like, Good mother, bad mother. And I hadn't really thought about that across all the stories. And, you know, I think maybe that's kind of why in so many fairy tales, they always start with like that the mother has passed away. Mm -hmm. So they're well, maybe not always, but, you know, it makes me think of Cinderella. Although in that one, too, there's like a fairy godmother who at least comes to like balance things. But yeah, that's just really still on my mind. I was totally listening where you were going and thinking about like headstrongness, but that's, Really interesting theme and how that's kind of in, and it makes me think of like today even how we kind of always say like, well, who's going to be the good cop, bad cop? Who's mm-hmm. like, who's going to be the pushover? People are already asking Malcolm and I that. They're like, who's going to be the pushover? Who's going to be like good cop, bad cop? I'm like, why is that the expectation? Like, can't we both be a little bit of both? Mm-hmm. But we really no, like you can't, to- Mindy.
0: You have <laughs> we- to choose. <laughs> I
1: think as a culture, and even as it shows in these stories, we love to put people in boxes.
0: Yep, yep definitely. Definitely. And I think it's, it's also interesting to that good mother, bad mother point that you made mom. Um, this idea of, um, you know, that this is a stepmother and that was changed later. Right. So it was originally the mother. Um, so this expectation of motherhood is very interesting in this story and it was changed again, Grimm changed it for a lot of stories. Um, the mother was changed the stepmother very intentionally, Mm -hmm. um, because, They didn't they didn't want to destroy the nuclear family. Right. Like they wanted to make sure that women uh, that mothers were seen as still good. Stepmothers could be bad. Right. Um, And I think there's a lot there about the stepmother trope. So if you guys have thoughts, let's let's dive in. Any thoughts, mom? Well, I,
2: I'm sorry. I'm stuck back on what Mindy was saying because I was thinking about what what Mindy was saying because Mindy's getting ready to go through this soon. She, she's you mean, going leave to her be... children in the middle of the woods? <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> she's, she's going to be the this mother, this all giving mother who can feed this baby. She has the baby in her body. She gives it birth and then she feeds it. And so she is the person who uh helps the baby not to feel hungry, you know, at the very basic of babyhood, probably the good mother is the one that provides the the milk and the bad mother is the one that that uh doesn't provide the milk when when the baby's hungry. Now, I'm sure the babies don't think about this, you know, logically like we're trying to do here. But I was thinking that there, you know, there is is such a well, push, Mindy was saying, to sort of you know divide people up and let there be a good and a bad. And it really isn't. This mother is the same mother who gives you milk, and then sometimes you get hungry and you mm-hmm. feel mad. you know mm-hmm. it's the same person. And we don't we don't amalgamate those people until later in in human development. I, and mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly when. but but I think it's an important point, especially in Hansel and Gretel, because, there are these dynamic forces, and it's almost as though Hansel and Gretel are dealing with these huge dynamic forces of hunger and and pain and being abandoned, and I mean, it's just huge issues for little babies, I'm sure, and then we grow up and still bring these templates with us as yeah. we get older, but it, it it's a huge mm-hmm. dynamic, and so... I was thinking about that, but you were talking about step- thinking about the stepmother, right? Yeah, well, uh, well real quick, before yeah, we move there, can you we go come back to the stepmother? <laughs> was, because was, now yeah. you've just uh-huh. put up
1: so many good points, too. You're making me think about like, even as we put our parents in buckets, when you're growing up, it makes me mm-hmm. think about like, mm-hmm. I can remember the first time that I was like, wow, wait, like, you're a whole person. for like my parents, when you realize like, they don't have to be all good, they don't have to be all bad. And like, just even thinking of them as a person and their journey. And I think that's something that like, you know, we don't have to fully go off track here. But it even just makes me think about like your journey, Paula, and like, how like growing up and how do you become the kind of mother that you want to become and say like, forget that tradition. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I just, I really think about like the change in times. I also think it's a change depending on an individual, but I think that's just really interesting to think about and talk about too, because we are all so much more than just this one thing, you know, like no mother is exactly the same. And I can, I just, as you were talking about that, I'm like, man, I remember, I think it was about in high school and realizing like, wait, my parents have gone through stuff like this. Mm -hmm too yeah. <laughs> they're like mm-hmm. they're whole people
0: mm-hmm. well and i they're think it's that's so interesting but also like this idea of um how the good cup bad cup yeah kind of kind of influences your feelings as a mother i'm guessing because uh thinking about that like mom you mentioned feeding or not feeding the baby there's some women who actually can't produce milk and so i imagine mm-hmm. that that creates a lot of insecurity or like feeling of not like a good mother and i think that also like the, the the themes in the story tell us that that's not good, right? And I think that that's really damaging to people who mm-hmm. maybe don't have that opportunity. Well, I that. was
1: even thinking of it more of like whether using formula or not, like yeah. actually giving I see, the I child see. food. So I not see. like, because mm-hmm. yeah, same thing, even as you're saying that, and the reason why I wanted to jump in is like, that pressure is real yeah. from the beginning. They're mm-hmm. already like, I am going to try to breastfeed. But if it doesn't work, like I know, I, I just think it's like any of those other sayings where it's like, you know, you got to put your face mask on before helping others. Like yes. I've got to make sure that I can still be like a a balanced, coherent being and provide for my child. So if by providing for them, it's making bottles out of formula or whether it comes out of my actual breast, mm-hmm. like as long as I'm giving them food. And maybe I'm saying that here just so I can reassure myself (laughs) down the road when like if things feel stressful, but that's my hope and plan. You know, I think um, it's It's like giving into their actual needs versus like keeping them Mm -hmm. from them. And I see that the stepmother here in this story is very much like, no, I need mine. Like, you know, where it is interesting because so many other stories, I think you sometimes do hear about like the all giving mother who Mm -hmm. even and actually what we see even today in so many countries it's like the girls are the ones who eat last the mothers are the ones who eat last like we see that a lot especially when I was working at care we Mm -hmm. would see that like around the globe and like you know even taking girls away from their opportunity for education because it's like well we'll let the boys keep doing that you're just going to get married off yeah but we yeah this idea of
0: last yeah yeah totally and and that insecurity, I think, is very, uh, like, allowable because of what the expectations that mothers are supposed to be, right? They're supposed to be the ones that are – I mean, in fairy tales, they're usually, like – somebody that's passed on and has no, like, no, you have no opportunity to actually get to know them. Right. Um, because if you did, maybe you would feel differently about them as mother and yeah. as people, right. As mothers and people. So it's very interesting, but the stepmother comment was really good. So I'm going to pull us back that way.
2: <laughs> yeah. The stepmother actually may have been, according to our definition may have been more a, uh, you know, an actualized person. She said, I can't, I'm not going to give all this. to yeah. this, These kids now you don't have to go leave them out in the woods, but that's, Started their journey. See, that was their beginning of their journey. And they needed that journey to be able to come back and go through what they went through coming back and then to become the people they were going to be with their father at yeah. the end. So in a way, the stepmother and the witch in her way, pushed them toward their journey. Um, well, and, something... and so did the birds. The birds are oh, very, yeah. in yeah, the the very interesting. Yeah, the
1: birds, very interesting. Well, let's get to the birds in two seconds. One quick side that I wanted to just say I think it was interesting as we were talking about you know verse being a mom versus kind of like a whole Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. it made me think Mm -hmm. something that like my parents have still said they're like they moved away from um the like hometown where I went to high school just recently and one of the things that they said is they're like yeah it's weird because we don't still run into people who say oh hey you're Mindy's mom and just thinking about the like you know the i guess of like being your own individual mm-hmm. versus being a parent and so it just was making me think kind of you know like as we're talking about all of these things it putting people even in the box of motherhood well, like how do, how and when do you kind of lose your identity? Or how do you keep your identity? So you're, you're Paula, you're not just Rachel's mom.
0: Well, I was just gonna say that I'm Mindy's friend always. So (laughs) like it changes, Mindy. (laughs) I'm always Mindy's friend. (laughs) Oh, you're Mindy's friend.
1: (laughs) I'm Andy's mom. I'm Rachel's friend. I'm like, yeah, I guess again, though, it's like we put those labels. Yeah, uh, I guess that's like how we keep
0: I was just saying, you're such a force that everybody's like, "Oh, you're you're Mindy's friend." Yes, that's me. I'm Mindy's friend. No, no, you're you're making me sound way cooler than I am. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, Mom. I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on that of like being a a whole person versus Rachel's mom, Rachel and Lauren's mom.
2: Well, um, I I think you go through a process uh, when you have children, Um, and at first, you you know that the baby is so dependent on you that in in every way. I mean, they only do certain things. They only sleep and eat and poop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um sounds like my
0: my so daily on you I'm just that,
2: <laughs> that it really is part of I mean, you're really kind of with the baby a lot. Mm. And then as the baby begins to individuate and some of these ideas that they have begin to meld together and they begin to you know, have more uh um what would you call it they have more ability to to you know uh, decide what they want to do or or what they want to play with or whatever i can see that with asher i have a grandchild who is a year and uh three months old and i can see such a difference from him from him when he was you know uh like two months old as now when he is 15 months old i mean Mm -hmm. he is mobile he has uh, action he wants to do things and when when the baby is young they they don't I mean, there isn't much they can do and right. they're just growing and developing <clears throat> and so i think you're in a way it's like you're the, the call to be all consuming mother of rachel it's more when when you're very young and then it becomes you know, then it becomes much more differentiated as the child differentiates and as you differentiate with, you know, as getting into a different stage of life or whatever, you know, going through, you know, I was 38 when I had you and then I went through middle age, you and Lauren, and then I went through middle age and then now I'm moving into um, you know, being more elderly, an elderly person and so my life trajectory has changed you know has moved and so has yours so I think that I I, I don't remember ever being called Rachel's parent except at school (laughs) you know at at her school but but it it, you know it it was a big part of my identity and my psyche when she was little yeah Mm
1: -hmm. and also
2: when she grew but as she grew up it changed a lot and Uh, you know, I think as kids begin to individuate, as Hansel and Gretel did in the story, that they need you less. They don't need, that stepmother Mm -hmm. could die, because they really didn't need her as much then. Um, Even the good part of her, they got what they could, and they took took it on. They took it Mm -hmm. away. It was jewels and, and pearls. But in one of the stories, they had this thing at the very end about a, a mouth yeah, i don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that one rachel i did there was a mouse and making a hat out of the mouth
1: mm-hmm. so
2: in a way the the poverty and whatever it, they were dealing with had not changed yep. that much if they're mm-hmm. still making uh mouth heads they're not you know these jewels weren't really jewels they were jewels of understanding oh, no. and and oh, developing and you know, becoming themselves and individuating. They weren't real jewels that they can go and now buy a castle and be rich. Right. That wasn't, that well, wasn't what happened.
0: Can you just explain that alternate indie or I, I kind of cut that out in my, in the retelling that I wrote, but I think it's mm-hmm. interesting to, to say, cause you know, the mouse says that in the, in the end, kind of, you have
2: the. yeah. Line, I've, got, so. I've got the uh, story. Yeah. Do you just want to quickly,
0: something. quickly let yeah, our listeners know? Read
2: it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is at the end. Then, then was then was all care at an end, and they lived a great joy together. And then after that, there's this little, you know, uh, poem. Seeing everyone, my story is done. And look around the house, there runs a little mouse. He that can catch her before she scampers in, may make himself a fur cap out of her skin. So. It's almost like, yes, they had all no cares at the end, and they had all these jewels. But then they're making hats out of little mice. Yeah. (laughs) So they're still poor. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're still so poor, they're making those hats.
1: But I kind of, I guess, I like that in some way, because it's like, what, you know, I don't know. It's like, then they had enough, is how I'm kind of interpreting it. Like, you're still Mm -hmm. to be resourceful, but, you know, I think it kind of makes me tie the stepmother with like greed and needing and wanting more instead of thinking of a way that you could like, solve things together. And I know we talk about that a lot. And maybe this is just because it's like, what's on my mind. And especially as you see that our world has changed so much because of the pandemic. And, you know, you've got billionaires who are becoming so much richer and other people who don't. And it's like, how come we can't Just help and like focus on having enough. But we even see it in these stories like it's Mm -hmm. always that you have to have more, you have to take from somebody else to get yours. And so I kind of like the idea that Mm -hmm. at the end they have enough, but that, you know. Mm Doesn't They're look, still yeah. doing, you know, not like I'm saying I'm really would be excited to make a mouse cap, but like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. That's kind of where my mind Birthday went here. I, yeah. <laughs> For the baby shower. I'm like, oh, thank I, you. I think you. that's a great
2: interpretation of it, Mindy. I think you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's telling us to appreciate what we have and what the resources we have to use what we have around us. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. And there were several parts in it where, you know, if they were still hungry, they would have eaten the duck at the end. Roast duck is very good, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But by that time, it was not about hunger or about, you know, getting enough for yourself. It's more about, you know, what have we learned? What mm-hmm. are we taking away? What are the jewels that we're taking away here? Yeah, and yeah. it's enough. It, it's enough. And in this culture where we always, You know, throw things away and get new things, and uh, that what we have is enough much of the time. But we don't, we we don't appreciate it, or we don't, we don't really revel in it. We don't really. I think it's hard, and we have to have more. Yeah, in the time of social media, and like exactly, Mm -hmm. I think
1: recently for me, I went through and I was clearing out like any junk email that I get. Because even though like they go to kind of junk folder, when I look, I was like, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. And so I've just been making it like a priority. And this is really weird, kind of nothing to do with Hansel and Gretel. But I just realized I'm like, (laughs) even those ads, even though I'm like, I don't need or even want that. It's like, just seeing those Mm -hmm. many different ads and having to kind of like, work through that, like, Mm -hmm. you're constantly seeing that someone has more than you, somewhat whatever. So I'm really trying to clean that out. But also to go back to what you mentioned about the duck, that even more, I'm like, yeah, look around, like, what is within your reach? Because could this whole thing have been avoided? If at the beginning, they just said, you know, let's set some duck traps, then we all can have some food. But instead, Mm -hmm. she went to like, I'm just going to take what you have to be enough to feed Me, so let's get rid of the children.
0: Are you saying Mm -hmm. the stepmother's a capitalist?
1: Yes. She is. She is (laughs) a capitalist capitalist witch. She is.
0: is. It seems, seems right. Yeah. Seems right. Well, it's interesting you bring up the duck. Sorry. And I think that's a really good point, but the duck in general, uh, my mom and I actually, we cheated Mindy and we talked a little bit before this. What? And there's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like, so I was reading uh, Bruno Bettelheim for the, to Mm -hmm. research the story. And he talks a lot about this scene because it feels kind of random, right? Like they didn't, cross a river coming yeah and i had that yeah. thought. and a lot of like a lot of times water will symbolize transformation right like a bridge mm-hmm. or going over something um that's why you see mm-hmm. a lot of like this is kind of nerdy but like spirits on bridges and stuff because water is like that middle point between or like you. a troll yeah well a troll or like you know those those uh, ghosts that will like push
2: your car on bridges and stuff What like go, like like between this world and the spirit yes yeah, oh. like oh. the bridge is like yeah like a yeah, like, a, like yeah. a
0: physical manifestation of okay. a one place to another got it so the the thought that bruno and i think mom you also had a source for this um the thought was that they are transforming from kids to adolescents. Oh, right like they're it. kind yeah. of like becoming something else and they have to get on the duck separately right uh oh. so they can't go together on the duck And then, mom, you had another point that you mentioned. I don't want to say it. You got to say it uh, about it's a religious aspect of that.
2: Oh, that that I think Bevelheim said this too. That it's sort of like uh, baptism. Yep, baptism. So and that it's beginning a new, you know, a rebirth, mm -hmm. uh, a new life, beginning something new. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And individually, right? They go. They go in together, Mm -hmm. and they come out separately because they can't go to.
2: They can't come out together that makes sense and, right. and 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 Gretel was the one who realized that
0: mm-hmm. because
2: Hansel wanted her to get on the duck
0: yeah and he was like but sh- she
2: said no I can't do that you mm-hmm. have to yeah. go and I have to go you have to go separately
0: yeah she was like nope mm-mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this on my myself and it's kind of like,
2: you know she
1: found her like voice and freedom a bit mm-hmm. and was like no like I'm doing this for me yeah. So I like to think about it. I'm
0: killing the witch for me. Right. This is for me. <laughs> After this, it's a glass of wine.
1: Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's so much in this oh, story yeah. and I'm so glad that there's we talked about it because I be. feel like when I usually think of this story, I kind of think of like the cliff notes, mm. right? Like I hadn't really looked at one of the original tellings in a long time. So mm-hmm. it was nice to dissect this. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, Paula, thank you so much for these there's incredible a whole lot insights. There's more to it. Yeah, yeah there's oh, so I'm much. Sure. It's a, great yeah. Story. Yeah. <laughs> it's great a really search. good Great one. pick, Mom. Yeah, and oh, great pick <laughs> tied to the charity. I love Feeding America. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so much in this story and I know we could talk forever but um we can talk forever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come back to it yeah we'll year, come back to whatever. it sounds good yeah <laughs> well such a pleasure and happy early mother's day yeah.
0: I gotta get you I gotta get to much. online ordering speaking of buying things <laughs>
2: gotta get to that and thanks thanks for asking me and thinking of it I think it's just a fun thing to do so yeah. thank you
1: well, Both. thank you for being a super fan and always supporting our work. We're, we're happy to have you on and um, yeah, we will see you on the folklore flip. And we'll catch you later. Okay. All All right. Right. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode, but you can always find us on Instagram at Femlor podcast or visit us online at com. We love what we do, but we can't do it without you. Your listens, shares, and reviews keep us going, so please tell your friends about us. FimLore is produced by Mindy Scott, Rachel Marr, Aaron Crossland, and Lauren Crossland-Marr. Audio engineering and music by Aaron Crossland. Research and coordination by Lauren Crossland-Marr. And as always, canine support provided by Andy and Cody.
1: Ow!